0: Welcome to Real Life Podcast Conversations from Life Foursquare Church. We invite you to dive deeper into the more difficult topics of faith. Have you tried asking some of the bigger questions or struggled to find understanding? We may not have all the answers, but we are committed to the ongoing conversations as we search God's Word together.
1: We are Mark and Lynn Cooper. We are local pastors here in Decatur. This show is really our attempt to go a little deeper, to answer some questions in greater depth than we would have opportunity during a message or a sermon. Uh, We look forward to the dialogue and the conversations that will certainly be generated. We look forward to your questions uh, and maybe doing our best to answer them. Uh, This podcast will cover many biblical topics, some of which will be fun, some serious, and some will pique your interest, or so we hope. You know, we, we really get to decide uh, w- what is at the forefront of interest right now as we think of the Word of God, what, what um, would a lot of people have questions about, what do we have questions about, and what right. do we want to talk if about?
0: If you're a part of a faith community and you have been engaged in COVID at all, I don't know how you couldn't be, but if COVID has been a part of your life and you are in a faith community, certainly you have heard uh, people's thoughts about end times and prophecy and what is coming.
1: Absolutely. And a lot of times we engage that conversation with maybe a partial understanding of the, perfect, uh, of the purpose of prophecy and the word of God. I wanted to just take a second and maybe talk a little bit about what role prophecy or the prophet plays. Yeah. So
0: so let's let's set this up. We we want to talk today about end times and over the next several weeks about end times. And we need to set up properly what this will look like. First we need to understand that there's a proper way to read the Bible. So as we we lean into this place of understanding Uh, what a prophetic book of the Bible is, or a prophet in the Bible, when we begin to discuss these things, we have to first realize there's a proper way to read God's Word. And I will tell you, you know, we're in our 40s. We don't have great experience in in regards to living, right? We've we've hopefully been here not even uh, half of our lives yet, but... We both did grow up in ministry. Uh, I, myself, my parents were both um, Bible teachers at, at colleges. And so I I do think that we have heard a lot of things in our time growing up in the church community and faith community. And so what I want to say is I, I do think that we're in a time where you see so much eisegesis taking place rather than exegesis and and really the difference is this that i'm reading eisegesis is reading god's word supporting the opinion or belief you already have and that's an incorrect way to read god's word exegesis is is to pull out of god's word in its proper context and in history of its writing and intention of writing in order for it to change my thoughts and beliefs. And so exegesis is how we always want to take scripture and examine it and to allow God's word because we know it says it's living and active. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. We want to read God's word to form our belief in our heart rather than reading God's word to support what we might believe or think already.
1: That's, that's a good place to begin. You know, we start with, okay, so what's the purpose as we read the word of God? And that leads us, what, what Lynn just communicated is the purpose is that there's, there, there is an alignment that happens and the movement of that alignment isn't with the word of God, but it's with me. I change to line up with what the word says as I understand it, and as I increasingly understand it, because it is living, my understanding of it may change, but the Word has not changed. And so what we what we understand, once we come to a place where we start to see the purpose of reading the Word of God, we, we, or, or how to read the Word of God, we can start divulging or digging into the purpose of it. The, the, the beginning and the end and everything in between of the Word of God... Really is the revelation of the character of God. It's the revelation of who God is and how we might be able to relate with Him. And so, when we go to Genesis, or we find ourselves in Leviticus, or we find ourselves in Matthew or Mark or or First uh, or Second Timothy or Revelation, we can find. The same purpose, and that purpose is that God is showing us who he is, how he operates, how he loves us, and what he expects of us, and even what his hopes are for us in the future. Mm -hmm. And so as we think about that, it might help us to reevaluate a little bit about how we read the word of God, especially when we start digging in some things that are prophetic. Um, We'll classify that word for you a little bit in a moment This prophetic, it can mean a whole lot of things to a whole lot of people, and uh, many of them being very different. And so we'll classify that in a moment. But just to begin, just to start, let's start at the beginning. What we know is that Genesis begins with a story or a setting that has God, his creation, and the desire for there to be relationship and fellowship. Right? So in the beginning, there was no boundary or barrier. There was a free flow of relationship, love, and communication between God and his creation. Now, obviously, Adam and Eve didn't know everything God knew. So I'm not talking about an equality with God, but I am talking about a free-flowing relationship.
0: No barriers.
1: No boundaries, no barriers, right? The, the boundary that was existent was just simply one of obedience. Recognize that I'm God and that you're creation. And if I'm God, and because I'm God, and I'm telling you, don't do this and do that, take that at its word and be obedient to that. So the only existing... Um, not, I, I wouldn't even use the word boundary. I would use requirement for relationship was simply obedience. And that obedience was not one of, of you're going to do what I tell you to do because I'm the boss. It was... This, this is what I'm asking you to do. These are the boundaries that I'm putting forth, and this is the consequence if you break those boundaries. So I'm doing something good for you. Okay, we see that. We can understand that. Now, obviously, that didn't last. That changed because of disobedience, and there became some boundaries In that relationship with God. But God was still very present. It became necessary for God to begin revealing himself to a fallen creation in a new way or in a different way. Not as direct. And that's how we end up with the word of God. The word of God is that revelation of who God is to a fallen creation. So that they might overcome through his grace that barrier. Now Genesis Leviticus, Exodus, you know, those aren't in order, obviously, but all of those, those first, the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible, you can break down as historical literature. You can break down as law giving their, their requirements and mandates for living and operating their, their instruction on how to approach God, how to relate with God, how to atone for sin, all of that stuff. But then you work into some segments of scripture that are really historical their historical uh, background, right? So you go into Exodus, you go into Joshua, you go into Judges, and through Judges you go into 1 Samuel, right? And so from 1 and 2 Samuel, you start to see an introduction of a person that's unique, uh, a role that's unique, the prophet. In in the Hebrew Bible and in the Christian Bible, most, You know, you have some additions in the Catholic Bible and the Orthodox Bible to this list. But in most of our canonical Bibles, what you'll find are two lists of prophetic writings. These are your major prophets and your minor prophets.
0: Which really don't mean anything other than the size of the book. It's, it's not one is more important than the other, really. Your major and your minor prophets are due to the length of the writing.
1: Sure, that's that's very that's very true. It, it has to do not with necessarily the importance of what's written in there, but the impact and the length of the writing. That's that's correct. What you'll see and and what Lynn's uh, referencing here and highlighting is that we don't have in our Bible Elijah one right the first book of Elijah or the first book of Elisha, two of the most important and significant correct. prophets in the Old Testament. Yet. They did not author a book. They're found in many books. They're found in Chronicles. They're found in Kings. They're found throughout different books in the Bible, but they've not authored a book. So the major prophets aren't, uh, they're, they're not, that category isn't about this person was the best prophet or, or these most significant things happen in the, no, it's length, it's, it's duration, it's, it's um, quantity of, or volume of, of writing. And so the major prophet lists uh, is Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, and Daniel. Those are your major prophets, those books. Now, listen, they are prophetic literature, which, which what I'm saying to you is this. They're communicating what God said. Sometimes about the past, sometimes about the future, sometimes about the current. But they're communicating something beyond their own knowledge that is coming from the Lord. And so they are prophets, and they are prophets who authored books. Got it? That's pretty simple, I think. Pretty straightforward. Now, the trouble we have oftentimes is we start looking at prophecy as fortune-telling. And then we start getting a little confused with how do I read this book and what does that mean? A lot of times as you, these men are hearing God speak to them, they're seeing visions, they're doing their best to relay those visions in their understanding in their, in their current times. And it's not always a clear understanding for us. Much of it is Correct. figurative.
0: So you could use Daniel as an example. The first half or the first six chapters of Daniel are historical account of Daniel's lives, and and we see him give account to different kings at the time. And yet the the last six chapters of Daniel are prophetic writings. Mm -hmm. They prophesy or foretell what the end will be like. And so we're able to read this this book properly to recognize what it's saying, why it is saying what it is, and to what time it is speaking to. Now, all of God's word is written with intention and purpose. There aren't parts that we can just lay to the side and say they aren't significant. It is God-breathed. This was written with great purpose and intention, but we have to understand um, its intent in order to read it properly and apply it today.
1: Yeah, and so let's go always, always going back to what's the purpose of the Word of God? It's the revelation of God Himself. It's Mm -hmm. it's the revelation of God to His creation so that there might be a free-flowing relationship, right? And so he's revealing his character. He's revealing his faithfulness. He's revealing his love. He's revealing all aspects that are necessary for us now to know him. uh, And he's doing that through his word. And so what, what Lynn shared with you about the book of Daniel is very significant. We need to understand that, you know, I mean, picture yourself like, like if your wife woke up or if your significant other woke up or if your child woke up and said, oh man, I had this really crazy dream, this happened and that happened. And I, and then, and then all of a sudden I knew I was here. I, I don't remember what the place looked like, but I knew where it was. I just somehow knew it was there. And then this happened and that happened. And then I woke up. What if your, your first response to that was, okay, so please tell me the timeline of this Break down break down the timeline for me. All right.'" When, when did that happen exactly? How did this happen? How did you get from A to B? That, that kind of information is not always clear, or those, those clear divides are not always present within prophetic literature. But we
0: have to remember that there's intention and purpose for that. The Lord knows our nature. He knows how we like to operate. He knows that if I knew every single detail, let's be real, I would try and work around that right? I I would try and, and do all that I can on this side before I had to navigate this other side. And so his intention in that is that we would live a life that reflects Christ. And he understands our nature, right? That we don't always find that easy or appealing. And so the call to righteous living then comes without us having these clear timelines because how how many of us know that ourselves or or some that we love would determine that I'm gonna live however I wanna live. I'm gonna live it up. It's kinda like, you know, mom and dad are out of town and I'm gonna live however I want that pleases me to the to the fullest and I have until this time. Yeah. And then I'm going to clean the house up. I'm going to get it together. I'm going to dot dot dot. He knows our nature, and he doesn't penalize us for that, but I do believe that he covers us in that because he also understands the the um, the product that is produced when we live our lives that reflect Christ.
1: That's good. that That is always important to remember that this, this, this Word of God has a designed purpose. The purpose is, you know, the revelation of God for relationship with His creation. He desires that we be in relationship with Him. And so this, this God knows us. He, he is going to deliver and communicate in ways that we're able to receive it. But we can't expect... That everything to know is in there because everything to know is not necessary for me to be in relationship with the Lord.
0: Correct. So so let's just get to where we need to go, because I think that we've said a whole lot to really not even take a few steps. And so let's let's start with the question that I think everyone has on their mind if they are living in a faith community. And that is. Um, Are we living in the end times?
1: Oh, man, that's a really good question.
0: So can we set up this question to first offhand set the fact that you and I do not agree on several end time things? Right. So what you just said is the Bible doesn't give definitive answers on every. Thing. Does, yeah, Ev- all the understand. questions we have, they are still mysteries, and mm-hmm. we won't know. And, and you and I have the same, what I would call essential doctrine. We have the same beliefs when it comes to essential doctrine. We believe that Christ was born of a virgin. We believe that there is one way to heaven, and that is only through Jesus Christ, accepting him as your Lord and Savior. We believe in the Trinity. And, and these are some essential doctrines that we can't waver on. But when it comes to end times, when it comes to these theologies, which are man-made, right? Doctrine is, is God said it. It is clearly in his word. Theology is man's understanding from God's word. There are theological points about the end times that you and I don't agree on. We see them differently. We, and so,
1: yes, we see them differently.
0: We will yeah. have fun talking about some of those and discussing. And so you can, can decide where you might lie and, and, and maybe decide where you want to be in, in some of these questions. But, um, you know, for an example, you know, the tribulation, we see those very differently. And um, we will have fun discussing that.
1: Yeah, yeah, there's several keys like that. Honestly we need to get to that place where we do have those kind of questions and we begin talking about some of those this is not meant to be a study course where i break down or we break down all it of felt like that for a history. little bit
0: a little bit like we were back in school
1: oh my goodness okay so let me let, just entertain me for a second and let me at least give the list of of the minor prophets. I began you already did, ma- I'm No, I did sure. not say the minor prophets. The minor prophets are Hosea, Joel, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi. These are your minor prophet books. So there you have your major and minor prophets in the Old Testament. Great. We understand that now. We see also in the New Testament some prophetic literature, which is what we want to spend most of our time on today, which is the book of Revelation it's important to start with an understanding that the book of Revelation is the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's not a a revelation only of what happens at the end. It's not a revelation of how's your life going to go if you walk through it. It's a revelation of who Jesus Christ is, primarily as the Lamb of God. And so some of the things we see in there, some of the things that we often are asked about, the things we're most often asked about are, like Lynn said, are we living in the end times? Well, what what do you think, Lynn? Do you think that we're living in the end times right now
0: yes i i would say that i i don't just believe we're living in the end times i would suggest that we are living in the end of the end times we do recognize that there is somewhat of a a time log taking place right and so i would lean to the fact that we are towards the end of the end times
1: and so what does that mean for us? Like, if we're living in the end of the end times, and I agree with you on that, I also think we're living very close to the return of Christ. Now, now, the return of Christ can happen in a couple of different ways, depending on how you see that. But um, I think also that we're living in the end times. Tell me, let's talk a little bit, you and I talk a little bit about why do we think that? Because every consecutive okay. generation has Correct. thought that a little bit. Yes. or has expected that Jesus is going to return in my lifetime.
0: So I won't steal what I know you're going to say, because I, I really do agree with your point on this. And I do see that um, um, all over. So I, I'm going to start with why I have thought that for some time. And that would be from really, for me, it's from the book of Daniel. Um, at the end in the prophetic passages, you see Daniel Talk about the increase of knowledge that will happen in the end times. Mm-hmm. And I believe that in my, in, as 40 years of living on this earth, I have, I remember, um, what was that called? That wagon game, Oregon trail Oregon trail.
1: Yeah. That was awesome. Where I always ended up getting You would have dysentery. to like
0: put in the codes and you like, it took forever to get across if you made it alive and, and everyone with you was still alive. So we went from that to to I can look anything up in the palm of my hand and have an answer. Okay, let's go further than that. I, I I've been fortunate enough to travel several places across this globe from um, Myanmar to, uh, Ethiopia and Niger, and, and still in, in places where you don't see many phones, I, I still have the capability to look up just about anything I might need and answer for in the palm of my hand. So I think the increase of knowledge that Daniel's talking about, isn't just the, the brain's capability to hold knowledge. I think it's the ability to to gain knowledge and to find knowledge and it is so accessible today and it only increases it used to be that that knowledge actually doubled every it used to be like 20 years it was something crazy now knowledge is literally doubling like every 12 to 18 months which is insane it, it is it's insane
1: and what are they saying? What are they currently? They're saying that knowledge is going to double. I mean, in the in the coming in the coming years, within within the next few years, knowledge will double daily. I mean, it'll just that happen just
0: blows my on mind such
1: a quick pace. And so, this what Lynn's referring to is found in Daniel chapter twelve verse four, and it's just a it's a it's instruction from the Lord to Daniel saying, "Shut up the things that I have told you." Do not put them in this book. Keep them secret until the end times where knowledge will be increased. People will go to and fro and knowledge will increase. Mm -hmm. And so this increasing of knowledge, you can see through the Internet, through. I mean, when we were kids, phones were attached to the wall.
0: I remember dial up Internet. Do you remember remember that awful sound that it made? Oh, yeah.
1: Internet was like.
0: Rich people yeah, had it.
1: I mean, thank. Goodness we were pastors' for Al Gore, kids. We didn't get it till college. Internet, you know? <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I didn't have my first cell phone till college. College and internet wasn't even. And a it was real fifty cents tool. for
0: one letter to text.
1: It was. I got in trouble with that sometimes, but um, it 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 is a real thing, and we do live in a real time. And it's one of those signs that Lynn is saying. That's what I see. One of the things that communicates where the time in which we live to her is the increase of knowledge right so, because so the prominent.
0: knowledge has also been a hurdle in faith because we we do know so much now we feel like we should know everything and then we also try and figure God's word to a place that it's not meant to be known the bible clearly states that there are mysteries that will not be revealed until we're face to face with him yeah. and so I'm, I say that because I also see knowledge as a great hurdle for faith as well. Well, it but, is.
1: It is a huge hurdle for faith.
0: Yeah. And so, and, and for you, I'll let you share yours, but I think it's something that we've not only seen in these last, I would say yours is more recent six months, we've experienced in a very gut-wrenching way over the last six months as well.
1: You know, this, this idea of how can knowledge be something bad? It, you know, there's so much out there. It's, it's hard to differentiate between what's, what's true and what's not true, what's real and what's not real. And because of the influx of knowledge, because there's so much, um, a lot of people find themselves very confused and full of doubt and end up doubting even things that they used to be very sound on, very stable on.
0: Um, Right. It's it's when you when you are so far removed from the fundamentals, right, that you really lose sight of of the foundation of things. We have found that continually offering a class that we call rooted um, allows people to exercise the fundamentals of their faith, like as great of a basketball player. As Michael Jordan was in his day, he still had to practice dribbling every single day. It was still a part of what he had to do and be so familiar with. And our faith is the same way. We can't be so far removed from the fundamentals or what we would even call the essential doctrine. That we have to know it so well that we can not only keep it at a place of understanding, but to share it, because that's ultimately our responsibility and yeah. goal.
1: It, well, absolutely it is. That, that is the great commission. Our, our testimony, our witness is, is hugely significant. You know, Lynn, 2 Timothy 4, 3, you're talking about a scripture that really tells us and speaks to what you're communicating. It says, for a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound or wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. It's it's about finding the the knowledge or the 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 secret or the truth that it really makes. It's what I want. It's 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 available to me. It's accessible easily and quickly. If I have a question, I can just Google it. I can go to YouTube. I can find it out there, and it may not even be accurate, but it's at least what I wanted to hear. And so it's it's enough for me. What tells me that we're living in the end times, you know, there's there's G, what Jesus says, hey, listen, don't get concerned when you hear of earthquakes and of floods and of uh, wars and of this and that or all famines and all this kind of it's stuff. Those
0: have always been Those around. Those have
1: always happened, and they will all—we're living through COVID-19. We're living through— right. A quarantine. Whatever your Jesus thoughts. also
0: said, hey, you're also going to have your poor and needy, right? Yeah, Those you, things will poor not will always go always be away. With you.
1: The, the the fallen world will always have the fallen world's problems. Correct. And it will always be at war, and 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 struggling with strife. And our
0: itself. goal is not to repair and fix this world so it lasts.
1: No, this this that 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 idea, that idea, comes from from an ancient. Uh, Jewish belief it comes from an ancient Hebrew belief that 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 it, it is through the, a very distant God will allow time to run its course in such a way that at some point the the earth will will find a balance, a peace and that peace that that, that, that peace will be what creates that millennial reign, that new wonderful earth where the messiah comes and reigns and things are are done. It's not a recreation of the broken, it's simply it's enough time for things to settle or to work out. And I don't believe that. What I believe is that Jesus is coming back and he's going to fix. He's going to he's going to renew or replace or or remake all that is cursed, all that is broken, all that is is messed up. And so the things that tell me that I see, the thing that tells me that we live in the end of the end, honestly, is the condition of, of people's hearts. It's, I've never witnessed in my life a hardness of heart like I'm witnessing now. Mm-hmm. I've never seen it. Uh, I, now, you see, you, you've seen it in one person, maybe, or you see it isolated mm-hmm. here or there, but I've never seen it to the extent, to the level, and to the quantity at which... I see it. And it's not just that I see it, it's that it's championed. Well, it's, it, it it's, used this to is be right behavior. This, this is good.
0: Kind of heart in the unbeliever. Yeah. I think the the shock and awe of it is we are seeing this type of heart in the believer. Yeah. And and, and it's hard to reconcile. It, it. it is
1: hard to reconcile. Hear me, it's not about where you go to church. It's not about it's not about um Change or transition. It's I'm not speaking that based off of experiences I've had. I'm speaking it based off of what I see, and and the way that people are responding to the some of the most valuable things in their life, based off of really what can only be explained in my mind as as a staunch hard heart, and um, and it's it's growing. It's prevalent. And that tells me that the time is short. Mm-hmm. Jesus says, unless I had cut the time short, not even those who are elect would, would make it. He, not even those who are, are his church. And so what I see is I see that, that the fight in the world, the, 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 the darkness in the world is growing strong. And it's becoming something that is drawing us towards the end. Now, I don't tell you that so you get to oh, my goodness, what's going to happen? Or or Pastor Mark doesn't think the church is doing its job or church is good or healthy. No, I think all those things are true. I think whenever we see these things, the Lord is always raising up and he's always working within us. And he's always bringing us to a place of deeper, uh, more committed, more bold kind of faith, courageous faith. And so I'm excited about what's happening. But that's why I think we are in the end of the end. It's not because of the forest fires in California. It's not because of COVID-19. It's not because of the political divide in our country. It's because I see some things that I've never seen before.
0: Right. Right. Things that we, we grew up experiencing people leaving churches, um, or coming and not coming back. Like those are all things we're used to. We're familiar with. They aren't the things that make us, um, you know not want to get out of bed in the morning but there is this which i which i do think knowledge has played into this place where the heart has just grown cold and and the believer's heart has grown cold and lost sight of the mission which i think is ultimately the enemy's goal right if if the enemy can get us to focus on the issue of our circumstance And forget about the purpose, no matter the circumstance, then he's doing a good job of distracting us. And so, um, in these times we've been viewed, you know, the church, man, we, we've heard from pastors whose churches split, um, they've had all sorts of experiences, and and we have to say we're blessed man we really are blessed and god's been good but there's been some awful things happening and and part of the the knowledge playing into it is you can go online and listen to any sermon and back up your belief you can you can read scripture improperly and back up what you believe and that's part of what we're seeing is this whole thing of I'm right, you're wrong and I can back it up.
1: Yeah. Let me find for you scriptures that support my opinion. Right. That I, you can do that easily. It, it is not hard to take scripture out of context, especially when we talk about, uh, figuratives, forms of scripture, scripture that is prophetic in nature, but, but also very easily done with just even the words of Christ. Um, the, uh, either the words or the omissions of Christ, right? Mm-hmm. Christ doesn't always use the words we prefer. And so sometimes it's easy for us to say, well, he doesn't speak about that because, because I don't see that word in scripture. No, he's, he's dealing with the issues of the heart. He's dealing with issues that are much deeper than just a, um, a descriptive word about this sin or that sin. Um, some of the things that I think are very important for us to understand, you know, we, we ask this question Hey, do you believe we're living in the end times? So, so the way we need to just really even conclude this time together is what do you do about it? If, if mm-hmm. we do believe that we're living in the end times, then what are we to do? Right. Like, should I panic about that? Should I, you know, uh, listen, Lynn earlier in our podcast or earlier on time together, Lynn said, there's some things we disagree on. Some of those things that we see differently are just the timing of the rapture. Mm -hmm. And, and so, so based on that alone, what should I do? Should I, should I, should I prepare? Should I be ready? Should I amass food and ammunition and dig a bunker? What should (laughs) I do to make sure that I make it through if I'm a mid-trib or a post-trib?
0: And this is where so many of our conversations go. We find that those that have been so upset by, uh, biblical responses or churches' responses are out of a place of of accusation that we aren't doing our job because I don't want to fight what this world, its destiny already is. Right? We want to recognize our mission is to all know Christ and to take every opportunity to share Christ with with everyone we possibly can. And yet there's this place where if you will realize the the question is this, what kind of condition am I leaving this world in, right? Because I think believers know that Christ is coming. And their concern is, well, what kind of condition am I leaving this world to my children or grandchildren? Yeah. Whether it be through death or whether it be through rapture, what is the condition? And I over and over and over have communicated that's the wrong question. The right question is what is the condition of your children that you're leaving this world? Yes. Because this world's future has been spoken and destined. However, when we have the way, the truth, and the life, God's word by knowing Jesus Christ came and is our savior then we have all that we need to change this world in the eternal sense not this physical sense
1: when when you start to get a clear picture of the book of Revelation what you notice is that much of it is quotation much of it is quoting former prophecies former end times prophecies from other prophets and so it, it is a reminder of what's already been communicated and it does clearly determine or speak to the end of the earth and what is going to happen. It's not the end. It's a renewal. It's it's spring after winter is what it is. Mm-hmm. And and so for us to have any thought outside of that, let me tell you right now, the life you're living, the world you live in is going to change. Not because of anything that's happening in your world today, but because of the way God has set up the structure of the world, the way that God is working, the nothing is going to stay unchanged. The only thing that makes it out of this place are people, right? The, 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 the soul of people or the souls of people are the treasure of this world. And so when Jesus says, build for yourself treasure in heaven, not treasure here on this earth that can be stolen or uh, that can rust or be eaten by moth, but build for yourself treasure in heaven. It always has with it the understanding that the things I invest in people, the things I invest in other souls is the treasure I'm building. That is the investment of Christ as well. And it's
0: so against even the American dream of work hard and build this amazing life with your nice house and cars and boat and whatever else you might want. And those things aren't bad.
1: No, I want all those but things.
0: they could work against the eternal perspective of our treasure in heaven. Yeah,
1: they cannot be my treasure. Correct. They can be things you have. You can have a nice car. And if you have a nice car, man, I love that for you. But they cannot be what you, what you love, they cannot be your treasure. Bible says, wherever your heart is there, your treasure will be also, or wherever your treasure is there, your heart will be also. And so whatever you love, that's, that's your God.
0: Mm -hmm. But the beautiful part of that is that you can choose where you want your treasure to be. Yeah,
1: you can change that. That's exactly right. I love that. The, the, the issue here, and as we even bring this to a conclusion is what do we do about it? I mean, Lynn just kind of answered that for us. Uh, If we believe that we're living in the end times, what do we do about it? Well, we we have to start investing in what God invested in, and we have to make sure that we're doing what he's told us to do. Mm -hmm. I want you to think for a second about the parable of the the ten virgins. You have these ten virgins who are waiting for their bride, I'm sorry, their their groom, to come and to take them to a, a wedding banquet to marry them. He's coming for them, and it's late at night. They're waiting, and five of them, five out of the ten, run out of oil. That oil is representative of the faith they have. Five are ill-prepared and have to go and buy more oil. Other five had plenty of oil, and they were there when their groom showed up, and he took them into the wedding banquet, and the door was closed. And so what, what do we do in the meantime if we believe that Jesus is coming soon? We better get prepared. We better be ready for it and, and, and ready to, to walk it out no matter when he does come, Jimmy Evans says something that is so, I think it's just so right on. He says, uh, He says, Plan like Jesus is coming back in 100 years, but live like he's coming back today. And, and, and what we're to be doing is the commission. Jesus says, Go into all the world, teach what I said, make disciples. That's our job. And so, what are we supposed to be doing? Exactly that. Mm -hmm. Whenever Jesus comes back, whatever time we're living in, if we are doing what he told us to do, then we are going to be ready for his return.
0: That's right. And we can't lose sight of that mission while we are still here. We just can't. So we look forward. There are so many areas we can go with this topic of end times, and we will certainly talk about many more, but we want to say thank you for joining us. We would love to hear your thoughts about the topic today. You can send an email to reallife at visitlife.org to give us your feedback. Real Life will be a weekly podcast, a ministry of Life Force Square Church here in Decatur, Illinois, and we hope that you have a great week, and we look forward to continuing our conversation next time.
1: Awesome enjoyed my time with y'all and please send in those questions. I, I can't wait to have some dialogue with you guys. Uh, Lynn and I are very blessed to be able to participate with you in this way. I hope you have a wonderful day.